service. What is up, listeners? Welcome back to another episode of the Full Service Podcast. I am Tank Smith, your host. Today is episode 67. Thanks for being here. Shout out to my guest from last week, Tyler the Top. Tyler, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. That was so much fun. Yo, if you've not checked out last week's episode, give it a listen. Such a, it was such a good time. Such a good time. <laughs> As always, you can find us on Twitter, on Instagram, at Full Service Pod. I'm at Tank Funkadelic. If you enjoy the show, make sure you are subscribed on whatever platform you're listening to us on. Hit us with a five-star rating. Write us a review on Apple Podcasts. That would help us out so much. I will read it on the air. I will read it. <laughs> If you want to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash fullservicepod, where you can hear monthly exclusive episodes you can't hear anywhere else. Our first episode dropped December 4th, and the second episode literally dropped last night. So hey, we got two episodes on Patreon. If you want to support the show, patreon.com slash fullservicepod. Today, episode 67, it's a solo episode coming at you. Oh boy, I got a new review to read. I try to catfish the person that scammed me back in March. I'm going to talk about one of the worst tabloids around, the old New York Post, and an article they wrote a few weeks ago about a paramedic who supplemented her income through OnlyFans. And I'm going to talk about Pornhub, a recent New York Times article that was written, as well as Visa and MasterCard's decision to block customers from using their cards as payment on Pornhub. So a lot to talk about today. Super excited. Hey. (laughs) But first, I was recently on my friend's podcast. A couple of my buddies, Chicago Comics, they host a podcast called Fuck You Dad, where they uh, tell crazy dad stories. Uh, I went on last week and uh, shared the story of the time I was like 15 in high school and I egged my teacher's house and then my dad egged me uh, (laughs) with eggs, so... If you want to check it out, I'll have a link in the lips and page. The podcast is called Fuck You, Dad. Fucking check it out. Subscribe. Super funny. Hey, do that shit. We recently got a new review for the podcast. Always, always appreciate the reviews. They really do help for visibility for the show. So if you write a review, I will attempt to read it on here as best as I can. (laughs) Our new review left December 4th, 2020 by Brenda. 1115. It is a five star review. <laughs> five stars. Fuck yeah. <laughs> it is the reviews entitled Great Podcast. Glad I found this podcast. Interesting topic. I ended up going back and listened to most of the previous episodes. You notice I didn't say all of the previous episodes because some of those early solos, oh boy. I definitely understand why you didn't listen to all of the episodes, but hey, Brenda, I fucking I appreciate that review. That helps us out so much. So I've talked about on the podcast a bunch about when I, in March, I was scammed for $250. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's hilarious at this point. It was actually hilarious a couple days after it happened. But uh, if you haven't listened to the episode, I will link it in the Libsyn page. Listen to it. I'll tell you, I'll tell you the whole story. The short of the story is though, is that I saw an article on rub ratings and the person did not have their rates listed on the ad. So I messaged them. I was like, hey, I'm looking to schedule. What are your rates? So they tell me $100 for a half hour, uh, $150 for a full hour, $250 for full service, all three holes. 
and full service, all three holes sounds incriminating. I do not like incriminating. I'm just like, I'm just trying to get a massage. Fucking let's do the 150 for the hour. Okay. They give me an address. I go to the address. They tell me to cash app them before I go into the apartment complex or like cash app me and I'll come down and get you and let you in the parking deck. So I cash up them 150 and then they're like, I didn't get it. And then I was like, but I sent it. And then after back and forth, I was like, well, fuck it. Let's just do 30 minutes. I sent them another hundred dollars. And then they ghosted me $250 down the drain, completely gone. <laughs> and then they did not respond to any of my text messages after that. And then when I got home, I did reverse image search on the photos in the ad, and they came up from like a photo set from like 2007. Like this person in the photos has no idea that this person on Rub Ratings is using their, basically their photos illicitly, right? And <laughs> so that was the end of the story. That's all that happened. $250 gone. It's funny, right? And so in November, I'm on Rub Ratings again. And I see the same photo. I see the same photo and I click on the ad and it's basically the same fucking thing. It's like <laughs> same exact photos. And then they even have the fucking description on there of the whole like half hour, one hour, and then like the full service, all three holes. So I'm like, let's see if this is the same person. Cause I'm pretty sure it is who the fuck else is running the same scheme, using the same photos, using the same, like, literally the same ad copy. So I basically, I create a text-free, like, fuck, you can make whatever number you want, or like, you can choose from numbers on. So I go to text-free, I create, I get my own number, right? And then I also have like my regular cell phone number. So I texted the number both, from both numbers, right? At the same time, right? And they didn't reply for maybe like an hour, but obviously, uh, even though they took my 250 in March, they didn't have my number saved or anything. So they didn't, they they, act, they pretended like they didn't know who I was, right? They they had no idea. So <laughs> about like an hour later, they replied to both both numbers, right? And so I asked them. They didn't like. I was like, hey, I'm looking to schedule. Like, what are your prices? They gave me the same line: half hour, fucking hundred. An hour, 150, full service, all three holes, 250. So I'm like, this is the same fucking person. Okay, let's fuck with them. Let's see what will happen. And then potentially, best case scenario in this, I guess, best case scenario for me in this is to get them to come on the podcast. That's my goal, right? If I can somehow convince this person, I'll be like, yo, at the end, my goal is to like, yo, just come on the podcast and let's talk about it. And like, tell me your fucking stories of like scamming people. Cause I feel like this could be something that could be awesome. This is great content, you know? So I message the person, uh, on one, on one phone number, I tell them that I'm in like West Midtown of Atlanta. Right. On the other number, I tell them that I am in East Atlanta, two completely different spots, and <laughs> they give me an in-call location in, like, fucking West Midtown that was probably, like, like, five minutes from where I said I was. I said I was off, like, Howell Mill, so they gave me, like, a nice apartment complex, maybe, like, five minutes from where I was, and... On my other number, where I say I'm in East Atlanta, I'm like, I'm in Cabbage Town. They give me like a apartment building that's like five minutes from Cabbage Town, right? So I'm like, obviously, this person is not who they fuck. Like, how are you going to be in two places at the same time, right? 
So I go back and forth with him for fucking a while, right? I'm like, okay, cool, I'm coming, I'm on the way. And, uh, like, right before I say that I'm about to pull up, they're like, okay, cool, uh, if you could just make sure you get an eBay gift card, because I'll accept payment through eBay gift card. I'm like, what the fuck? I was. This is like 1 o'clock in the morning that we're texting. I'm like, yo, who has fucking eBay gift cards at, like, 1 a.m. Like, I'm like, this is this is ridiculous, right? They're like, well, just like any gas station has like an eBay gift card. And so I'm like, yeah, I'll, I'll check at a gas station. This is, and I'm fucking at my house, in my room. I'm not going to a gas station. I'm not doing any of this shit, right? And uh, I'm just, I'm just trying to pass time, you know? And so my other number, uh, same thing. At first I was like, hey, do you do alcohol? And they're like, uh, well, I do, but you got to send me like half the money up front. So I was like, fuck it. Uh, I'm not doing that. So let's do in call. So same thing. Uh, they're like, I only accept eBay gift cards. And I'm like, who the fuck? Who is out here scamming people with fucking eBay gift cards? You know, <laughs> like who takes eBay gift card? I don't know. Who's taking eBay gift cards as payment? What are you fucking buying on eBay? I don't know. But, uh. <laughs> It comes down to it. We go like back and forth for an hour and then I'm like, okay, here's the deal. You fucking took my money in March, $250. I know this is fucking bullshit because I'm texting you on two fucking different numbers. You're giving me two locations to go to. Obviously, this is fucking bullshit. All you want is fucking money because I, I, I'm like, I tell them, I'm like, okay, cool. I'm here. And then they're like, okay, cool. Send me the money. And I'm like, well, I mean... I'm not going to send you the money. And they're like, well, uh, how do I, I've, I've been robbed before, so I can't, you need to send me the money. And I'm like, this is, this is not going to fucking happen. And, uh, I'm like, this is bullshit. You fucking took my money, but Hey, I have a podcast. Uh, <laughs> why don't you come on my podcast? And they're like, I think you have me confused with somebody else. And I'm like, yo, you're using fucking photos from a 2007 photo set that's on the internet. I know for a fact those photos in the picture are not you. If you don't want to come on the podcast, just, hey, can you listen to the episode where I talk about you on the podcast? <laughs> so that you know that I know that you're fucking lying to me. And uh, so I sent them a link to the episode and who knows if they listen, but <laughs> I tried, I tried to get them to be a guest on the podcast and then they stopped replying to my messages <laughs> and then they deleted the ad off rub ratings. So if anything positive was gleamed from this scenario, it's that there's no longer that ad on rub ratings, but I'm sure they'll probably post up in a couple of months or it might be up already with a different number. Uh, so <laughs> If you happen to, I'm not going to say that this, e, like nobody takes payment through eBay gift cards, but if, <laughs> if someone doesn't screen you at all, they're like, come over right now, no screening. And they're like, I want an eBay gift card. Think twice about that shit because, uh, it could be a scam. Okay. <laughs> that's my, uh, that's my little soapbox lesson for today, which was really, when I look back on it, I'm like, why did you ever, like, I sent them 150, and they're like, I didn't get it, and I'm like, I sent it, and then I sent them another 100, what the fuck, that was, yeah, bad move on my part, but hey, you live and you learn, and it's hilarious, so, uh, <laughs> came in handy, uh, <laughs> I don't know if uh, any listeners uh, read the New York Post, but uh, you should stop, it's terrible, it's fucking garbage, uh, <laughs> There was an article, I don't know if you can call it, I guess 
what you can call on their websites articles. But uh, there's an article written on December 12th about a New York City paramedic, Lauren Kwai. She's 23. She's a paramedic in New York City, and she also had an OnlyFans. And they basically ran a story uh, shaming her for having an OnlyFans, fucking outing her to fucking everybody she works with, her family. Fucking, I mean, they have a huge, like, fucking millions of people read this. And uh, subsequently outed her and, like, shamed her for having an OnlyFans. Uh, terrible. Shitty. Fucking... There's a GoFundMe. There's a GoFundMe for her. Fucking already over $100,000. I will plug it in the Libsyn page for this week. But uh, she commented on the post from the New York Post. She had no idea that they were basically going to run with this article. She thought it was going to be anonymous and was fucking duped into this. And then they fucking wrote this article basically to destroy her and just get fucking clicks. Uh, so if you can, fucking donate to that GoFundMe. Fuck the New York Post. But uh, I'll res- read her response to the article. Over the past three days, my life and intimate details of it have been made public for millions of strangers to read and judge. There are many people telling me what they think I should do and give me advice I did not ask for. Let me be clear. I did not want the New York Post to run this article, much less use my name. When Dean Balsamini first interviewed me, he did not tell me what this was about until after I disclosed most of my background. He did not include in his article that I started crying on the phone when he finally did tell me what he was inquiring about. He did not include that he played this friendly guy reporter who just wanted to get my side of the story, since, you know, they were going to run it anyway, with or without my input. I know my actions and consequences, and I know some of you think I was naive. I truly believed whoever tipped the post does not know me personally, because anyone who knows me knows the kind of person I am. Let me tell you who I am. This is me. I'm 23 years old and from a small town in West Virginia. My mother's family is from northern West Virginia, and my father's parents were immigrants from China. I'm the eldest of four children, and our family was one of the only mixed-race families in my predominantly white town. I graduated from Winfield High School in a class of 200, the largest at the time. During high school, I was active in show choir, GSA, National Honor Society, and dance classes. I moved to NYC when I was 18 to pursue my lifelong dream of being on Broadway. I completed ADMA, started auditioning, and then decided it wasn't for me. So I became an EMT. I worked as an EMT for a year, then I quit because I couldn't put myself through paramedic school on minimum wage. I went back to hosting at a restaurant to make ends meet while I worked for a year through paramedic school, which was one of the most challenging things I've ever done. I graduated paramedic school in February of 2020 and have been working ever since. I've struggled a lot during the height of the pandemic. I was suicidal a lot of this year. I had panic attacks at work and even had a supervisor tell me I should consider another profession if I didn't grow thicker skin. I'm a damn good paramedic. I love my job and I love taking care of people. I don't want to quit my day job and get my bag on OnlyFans. I want to serve the city of New York. That's all I've ever wanted to do. I've always believed in using my voice to speak for those who may not be heard. I was raised to always show kindness and compassion. The New York Post gave me a voice. So here I am showing myself to the world. I'm here to tell you that all of my first responder brothers and sisters are suffering. We need your help. We have been exhausted for months reusing months old PPE, being refused hazard pay, and watching our fellow healthcare workers die in front of our eyes, in our ambulances. At least three NYC EMS workers died by suicide this year, and there's been very little action about the lack of mental health care accessibility for first responders. 
EMS are the lowest paid first responders in the NYC, which leads to 50 plus hour work weeks and sometimes three jobs. My brothers and sisters deserve change. Visit emspac.org for a mission statement and see how you can help. How's that for a story, New York Post? Thank you all from the bottom of my heart for your donation, support, and love. I'm so thankful and plan on using this platform to voice the needs of my NYC EMS family. This is just the beginning, folks. Yeah, that was her response. Fucking dope. Powerful. Fuck the New York Post. And uh, there's really fucking... Only, you just only, it's only then. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah, that's, uh, I wanted to talk about that because fuck the New York Post and, uh, no one should be shamed for doing OnlyFans. I checked her Twitter. Her OnlyFans isn't active anymore. But, uh, I know there, I did a, I talked about a story like earlier this year. There was like a mechanic in the Midwest. She was fired for having an OnlyFans. And then, like, her OnlyFans fucking blew up. So, if you could fucking donate to her GoFundMe, I'll link it in the Libsyn page. Because uh, nobody deserves to have their, like, nobody deserves to have their shit out there like that. Like, if you put your shit out there, that's cool. But just, like, somebody doing it for, like, millions of people and then trying to shame you because of your work is fucked up. So, uh, hey, fuck the New York Post. And uh, if you got some dollars, throw it, you know? Hey. And lastly, I wanted to talk about Pornhub, old Pornhub, and uh, the recent decision from Visa and MasterCard to not allow their customers to use their cards as payment for that platform anymore. This change comes from the wake of a December 4th New York Times article entitled, The Children of Pornhub, Why Does Canada Allow This Company to Profit Off Videos of Exploitation and Assault? The article focuses on a few different things. It basically claims that Pornhub is allowing the videos of children to be on their website, uh, trafficked people on their website, and that Pornhub is basically not doing enough to curb the child pornography and basically trafficking that's happening through the website itself. It uh, talks about a 15 year old girl who went missing in Florida and her mom basically found like 50, this girl appeared on like 58 videos in Pornhub and uh, it was actually reported by one of her classmates uh, saw the video and her mom reported to the, uh, to the authorities, but talks about that. It also talks, it talks about a few different people who were either their lives were changed by people uploading videos of them to Pornhub without their consent. Uh, people who were had videos of themselves uploaded to Pornhub when they were not 18 and claim that Pornhub is basically not doing enough to end the culture of child like sex exploitation on the internet and they are the main perpetrators. In the article, uh, the author... Nicholas Kristoff, he quotes the fact Facebook this in in a three month period this year removed 12.4 million images related to child exploitation. Twitter closed 264,000 accounts last year for engaging in sexual exploitation of children. And the Internet Watch Foundation, an England-based nonprofit that combats child sexual abuse imagery, reported in the past three years. 118 instances of child sexual abuse imagery on Pornhub. So let me read that again. 12.4 million images in the in the three-month period of 2020 on Facebook. 
Twitter, 264,000. Pornhub, 118. The number we want is fucking zero. But uh, if you want to look at websites that are big fucking, I guess, not like allowing it, but Facebook, 12.4 million in a three-month period. Uh, compared to Pornhub, 118 uh, in three years. And now Visa and MasterCard pulled out from allowing customers to use Pornhub as a payment method on the website. And he mentions in the article, uh, Trafficking Hub, which is basically a campaign uh, led by a group, Exodus Cry, that is an anti-sex worker, anti-sex work, anti-trafficking religious organization. They are anti-porn as well. And basically want to do away with Pornhub as a whole site completely. Uh, I went on their website today and their tagline is basically says Exodus Cry is committed to abolishing sex trafficking and breaking the cycle of commercial sexual exploitation while assisting and empowering its victims. I watched a video on their like this anti-Pornhub video they had on their website. They also had a video against prostitution literally so i watched this fucking video and uh it's talking about prostitution and they say prostitution the choice of those with the fewest choices seen nearly without fail women enter prostitution from a position of vulnerability it's crazy because if you listen to this podcast that is not the experience for a lot of fucking people so uh pushing this narrative uh is fucking bullshit Exodus Cry, they are trash. It's a Christian organization that is anti-sex work and uh, anti-porn. Fucking Peep Show did their last two episodes. They talked about Pornhub, payment methods, how the industry's been affected. So if you want to hear like in just like an in-depth fucking great, like I guess review of this whole thing with Pornhub, Visa, Mastercard, how sex workers have been affected, listen to the Peep Show podcast last week and this week. Both dope episodes. At the end of the article, uh, Christoph writes, Call me prude, but I don't see why search engines, banks, or credit card companies should bolster a company that monetizes sexual assaults or children or unconscious women. If PayPal can suspend cooperation with Pornhub, so can Amex, Vastercard, and Visa. He writes that December 4th. On December 6th, in the wake of the article, Pornhub implemented several changes. I went on the Pornhub website today, and uh, I'm going to read them out so you can fucking check out what Pornhub's doing. There are seven bullet points. The first one, verified users in the model program or content partners are the only people allowed to upload videos. So before, basically, you could go on the Pornhub website, create an account, not be verified at all, and upload whatever you want. And so now you cannot upload to Pornhub if you are not a verified user in their bottle program or a content partner with Pornhub. The second bullet point, banning all downloads except for purchase videos within the verified model program. Number three, expanded moderation. They created an internal team, the red team, which is dedicated to self auditing the platform for potentially illegal material. They're monitoring search keywords that could be dangerous they are also implementing a few different things. A CSAI match, which is YouTube's proprietary technology for combating child sexual imagery online. The Content Safety API, Google's artificial intelligent tool that helps detect illegal imagery. Photo DNA, 
Microsoft technology that aids in finding and removing known images of child exploitation. Vobal. It's a fingerprinting software that scans any new uploads for potential matches to unauthorized material to protect against banned videos being re-uploaded to the site. The fourth bullet point, the Trusted Flagger Program. They are implementing an initiative empowering nonprofit partners to alert us of content they think may violate the terms of service. The program consists of more than 40 leading nonprofit organizations in the space and internet of child safety. Number five, they have an NCMEC partnership. Last year, Pornhub partnered with the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children in order to remort and limit the amount of child sexual abuse material on the site. In early 2021, the NCMEC will release the total number of instances they found alongside other major social media and content platforms. Number six, Transparency Report. In 2021, they're going to release a transparency report detailing the content moderation results from 2020. Number seven, an independent review. In April 2020, they hired a law firm to conduct an independent review of the content compliance function with a focus on meeting legal standards and eliminating all non-consensual content, underage content, or any other content uploaded without meaningful consent from all parties. Pornhub also purged millions of videos. Anything that was not, like I said, from a verified user is gone. So I saw a Vice article. They said that uh, basically Pornhub went from 13.5 million videos to 4.7 million videos. And then I went on Pornhub today and I thought they only have like 2.9 million videos on there now. So it looks like Pornhub purged like most of the videos on the website. If you're not a verified uh, model hub content creator you cannot upload videos to Pornhub and that was December 6th and a couple days after and then December 10th MasterCard and Visa announced they would no longer allow their customers to make purchases on Pornhub and as of right now if you go on Pornhub you try to purchase videos you from like a content creator on Pornhub you cannot do that so if you were a sex worker that was making like money via Pornhub selling videos, you cannot fucking make money anymore. It's like it's fucked up, right? This whole campaign was like basically started to fight child sex trafficking and like illegal content being on the site and only serves to hurt like legal sex workers because those are the people that are verified on the site and can no longer make money through Pornhub because of this article because of the push from Exodus now trying to eliminate porn off the internet, uh, essentially. So if you're yeah, if you're making your money through Pornhub, no longer. So we will see what kind of continues to happen in the future in terms of payment processors uh, and websites. Because uh, like they said on Peep Show, if it happens to Pornhub, the fucking king of porn, what uh, what's to say it's gonna uh, affect OnlyFans? Or smaller websites out there. We shall see what happens in the future. But uh, that's a fucking big one. That's a big one right there. Yeah, look up the fucking organization Exodus now. Because they fucking suck. They're really just uh, out to end uh, sex work. They are anti-sex worker, anti-porn. And uh, we will see how their uh, how far their reach goes into the uh, political arena. In terms of law passage. Uh, yeah, so hey. 
that's kind of what I wanted to talk about today. We will be back next Tuesday. Oh boy. I'm going to do a recap episode. I want to play some clips from episodes that we have aired this year. It's always fun (laughs) for me. I was telling my friend, I was like, yo, I'm doing a recap episode. He's like, I fucking hate recap episodes. But I was like, I'm doing that shit. I like it. (laughs) So uh, next year, or not next year, next Tuesday, we'll have a recap episode where I'll play some of my uh, favorite parts from interviews that have happened this year. And uh, then it'll be fucking 2021. We'll be back fucking hitting the ground running. I appreciate everybody who has listened to the podcast, who continues to listen to the podcast. If you're subscribed, if you've told anybody about the podcast, if you just had a conversation with somebody that really didn't know about sex work or know about, uh, yeah, that didn't know about sex work and you've been able to talk to them because if you've listened to this podcast or if this has kind of changed your idea on what sex work is, who sex workers are, who clients are. Uh, what intimacy is fucking, I appreciate that. And, uh, I'm glad that's what I'm trying to fucking do. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back fucking uh full service pod on Instagram and Twitter. I'm at tank funkadelic shout out to our newest Patreon alcohol member, Max shout out. Appreciate that shit, dude. But, uh, Hey, we'll be back on Tuesday. Christmas is on Friday. Oh boy. Uh, Merry Christmas. I guess if you're into that kind of thing, <laughs> and uh yo hope you have a happy new year i'll be back before the new year so i guess i'll say it again next week but uh we'll be back on tuesday hope you have a great week i will see you later peace full service